0: Hello everyone and welcome to Killer Watt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host and um, I'm recording again on a Sunday. So yeah, uh, this time it's not because of my incompetence, it's because of Apple's shoddy product. My 2019 MacBook is, is hanging by a thread. This morning I had to restart it three times uh, just to do the simplest tasks. So it is going in for repair, but... Um, yeah, it's kind of on its last legs. So I went and bought another MacBook today and uh, getting everything slowly transitioned over just to kind of give you an idea of how it's going to go this Friday. Let's see. This Tuesday is going to be the Lucid Air earnings call. And then this Friday will be uh, Tesla's investor day. And then our Tuesday episode will be Fisker's earning co- earnings call. And then that next show will be um, GM and Ford. We're at Wolf Research, and that will be a combination of those two talks. That's just to give me some time to get everything transferred over and and kind of make sure everything's running okay. Because I can pre-record those shows on my 2019 MacBook before I send it out for repair. So that's why... uh, that's how the next week's gonna go, just to make sure, make next two weeks. That just to make sure I'm able to get everything out when they need to be out. So, yeah, fun and exciting stuff. And I will not bore you with the trials and tribulations of my of my laptop over the last couple of weeks, but it's time. It's time. Okay, let's get to our EV news. I want to thank Tacky Teddy on Twitter for alerting me to this. This is, and this is also for the few, very few Romanian listeners that we have. Um, the car we're going to talk about is sold across Europe, but it is a Romanian company, so we're going to talk about the Dacia Spring EV. This vehicle was launched in 2021, and the Spring is a very affordable, no-frills four-door crossover. When I say no-frills, it comes with cloth, cloth seats, standard radio very limited features. If you buy the higher end model, then you get a touchscreen, but otherwise you just get the regular knobs. The spring has a 26.8 kilowatt hour battery, which seems small and it is, that's a small battery, but the vehicle itself, the spring itself only weighs 2,138 pounds. So that gives the spring a range of 140 miles or 225 kilometers on a single charge with a top speed of 78 miles per hour. Price depends on which country you're buying it from. Um, it ranges between 15,000 and 20,000 euros. Desha said that they're working on a right-hand drive model for the UK and Ireland, and that'll be coming later in 2023. Actually looks like a pretty cool car. And for a lot of people who just do a lot of, you know, around town uh, type driving, I think this would be a perfect fit. It is not coming to the United States, by the way, or North America. This is strictly a European vehicle. And, you know, the UK now, (laughs) since it's not... not, Anyway, moving on, Brexit. Demand for the Nikola Trey electric semi is not seeing a lot of demand, according to Reuters. Nikola's latest earnings call was bleak, uh, according to the article that i read i didn't actually i considered covering nicola i, I considered covering their earnings call um but honestly i don't i don't want to pile on a company that's not doing well so hopefully they turn it around <laughs> Speaking of a company that's not doing so well and not piling on, Lordstown has halted production of the Endurance EV pickup truck. This is due to a recall and some quality issues with the vehicle. It sounds like it's just a pause until they get things figured out. And hopefully they do, because again, I don't want to pile on um, companies that are on hard times. Let's talk about cold weather. There is going to be record cold weather in the next few weeks. Not here in Arizona, because cold in Arizona is still not cold to like people in Manitoba and stuff like that, but cold all the same. And we all know that cold weather is hard on EVs when it comes to range. Ford is working on a way to keep your EV warm in the wintertime while not eating into your range. So how are they doing this? Well, they had a little test. They tested whether or not heating pads placed around the vehicle was more or less efficient than the standard HVAC air blowing on you way of heating the vehicle. So Ford placed these heating pads everywhere in the vehicle. They placed them in the seats, the armrests, the door panels, sun panels, excuse me, sun visors, floor mats. They just went nuts with heating pads. And then uh, they used the e-transit van, by the way, for this test. Ford found that the heated panels used 13% less energy and kept the cab cabin at a comfortable temperature when compared to traditional HVAC systems. This is because with the traditional HVAC system, the air is, you know, it's blowing hot air and you open the door and all that uh, heat is lost. When using the heating pads, you open the door. Yes, you're losing some of that ambient temperature in the cab, but you're not losing all of it because those heating pads are still heating the air around it. So it's not as much of a loss. There's still a loss, but the heating pads remain warm even when the doors are open. The heating sat pad solution could add a 5% boost in range on top of being 13% more efficient. So that's pretty great. The downside is adding heating pads to the vehicle is more expensive And it's not mentioned in the article, but I would imagine that there's going to be some more expense when you have to replace a heating pad because it's stopped working. Like I've had heated seats in the past that just stopped working and I never bothered fixing them because I was like, this is going to cost too much money. So I don't know how much it would cost to fix versus what it would cost to fix a traditional HVAC system. But as somebody who came from Alaska and gets cold, even in Arizona (laughs) Uh, I, I'm i all for heating everything. Heat the floor mats, heat the, the armrests, the steering wheel, the seats. I'm all for that because uh, I have an old body and old bones. And really, this makes me feel better. doesn't make me feel younger. It just makes me feel better. Moving on to the Ford F-150 Lightning. The 2023 version is getting some hefty price increases with not a lot of feature increases. Let's start off with a range. The Pro XLT and Lariat SR, which is standard range, they all start at 240 miles, which is about 10 more miles than they did in 2022. The extended range version of those vehicles hits about 320 miles, which isn't bad. It is quite an upgrade uh, price-wise to get that extended range. And then the Platinum extended range is 300 miles, so not not too bad miles wise. Uh, this, those are pretty close to what they were last year. Prices for the Lightning now begin at $55,974, which is $16,000 more than the starting price in 2022. Pretty expensive. The Lightning XLT ER extended range now costs $80,000, uh, $81,000, which is an $8,500 increase over 2022. The Platinum is just a small amount more. It's $6,000 more at 96874 All of these models under $80,000 qualifies for the $7,500 tax credit in the U.S. under the Inflation Reduction Act. Moving on, but sticking with Ford news, Ford will produce its first vehicle based on Volkswagen's MEB platform. Uh, This will be unveiled on March 21st. It's going to be a crossover vehicle. I wonder if they're going to use the newest MEB platform or if they use the older version. In any case, we'll cover it on March 21st. And by the way, uh, since we're talking about Volkswagen or kind of talking about Volkswagen, VW will build their EV Scout pickup truck and SUV in the United States. So that's exciting news. We got one more Ford story for you here. We talked about prices of the F-150 Lightning. Now, let's talk about prices on the Ford Mach-E, uh, which there's a lot of versions of this car, so let's just jump into it. The Mach-E Select standard range rear-wheel drive will have a range of 247 miles and will cost just under $46,000. When I say just under for all these prices, it's $5 under It's just easier than saying $45,995. Next up, we have the Select Standard Range All-Wheel Drive, 224 miles of range, just under $49,000. The Premium Standard Range Rear-Wheel Drive, 247 miles of range and just under $51,000. The Premium Standard Range All-Wheel Drive, 224 miles of range, Just under $54,000. Imagine paying $54,000 for 224 miles of range. My goodness. Like at the minimum, it should be 250. Anyway, the premium extended range rear wheel drive will get you 310 miles of range, just under $58,000. The premium extended range all-wheel drive will get you 290 miles of range, and that's acceptable, except for it costs just under $61,000. And then we have the GT extended range all-wheel drive, 270 miles of range, just under $64,000. And the GT performance extended range are all-wheel drive, uh, just under, or excuse me, 260 miles of range, just under $70,000. Now, this might be uh, the best deal of the bunch, and that is the Route 1 extended range all-wheel drive. It's 312 miles of range and just under $58,000, but you know what? No buts. I'm just going to move on, and we're going to talk about the Hyundai Ioniq 6 because we have prices for the Hyundai Ioniq 6 in the United States, and I'm just going to do the same thing I did with the uh, Maquis, so bear with me here. The SE Rear Wheel Drive Standard Range gets you 240 miles of range, and it's $41,600. This is for the Hyundai Ioniq 6, the newest Ioniq that's out there. The SE Rear Wheel Drive Long Range, 361 miles of range, 361 miles of range for $45,500. The SE All Wheel Drive Long Range, 316 miles of range for $49,000. And then we get to the SEL, which is the middle of the road rear wheel drive that gets you 305 miles of range or $47,700. The SEL all wheel drive is 270 miles of range for $51,200. And then we have the limited, which is the fancy version. The rear re- wheel—I <laughs> have such a hard time with that. I know it brings Allison joy, though. Joy, rear wheel drive, three hundred five miles, uh, fifty-two thousand six hundred dollars for the limited, and the limited all-wheel drive, two hundred seventy miles of range, fifty-six thousand one hundred dollars. This is. I uh, I don't know if this is a direct competitor with the Mustang, but it really feels like it is, and it is so much better priced with the the range. It does not have a frunk. That is the the knock that I will give the Ionic Six, and I didn't necessarily like it when I saw it in person at CES. But then when I see pictures, I saw the pictures when I was doing the story. I was like, ah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I need to look at this car again because it does. In the pictures, it looks so good. I don't know what to say, folks. I don't know what to say. I'm very indecisive. Normally at this point, I will do a Patreon plug. But just because I just spent a bunch of money on a laptop, I don't want you to think that I'm going to try and guilt you into going to the Patreon and and signing up. So I'm not going to do that. Instead, we're going to turn toward Tesla. Tesla has a new home for their global engineering team. (laughs) And uh, this is in Palo Alto, California, California. A lot of hay is being made that this was a former HP building. I don't remember if it was the headquarters of HP or not, but why is that relevant? Why do we care? Um I don't care what the former resi- I don't care what the people who lived in my house before me did. I just care that they took care of it, uh, so that I don't have to do as much work. Like <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Someday in the in the far flung future, somebody's going to write an, an article about this building, and they're just going to say the former Tesla in en- en- uh, former Tesla Global Engineering headquarters. Like it just I don't know. I find it silly. We are short on details on this building, and specifically what they're going to do there besides engineer the heck out of things. Uh, but maybe on Investor Day, which is Wednesday, we'll find out more. Model Y was awarded the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety's Top Safety Pick Plus. There were 48 other vehicles that qualified for awards from the IIHS. Only 29 of those vehicles earned the Top Safety Plus Pick Award. So why is that um the top safety pick plus award. Oof, we gotta stop with this the silly names on things. Just call it uh the Kevin Hart award or whatever. Call it something that we can all pronounce easily, especially me. Anyway This is particularly impressive because the IIHS has recently updated their standards to be more stringent than those of previous years, and Model Y and 28 other models of vehicle earned that top safety pick plus, or as I am going to start calling it, the Kevin Hart of insurance ratings. Tesla is moving their 4680 battery cell production from Germany to the United States. We talked about this last October. In the Electric article I sourced for this story, Ted uh, Fred Lambert, not Ted Lambert, Fred Lambert says that Tesla moved its battery production from Germany to the United States because of uh, tax credits or tax incentives. And while that might be true, I, I want to maybe... Posit there might be another reason uh, for them doing this. We know that Tesla was producing 4680 cells in Berlin, Austin, and Fremont. Um, we also know that the, the ramp for these cells has been very difficult. It's been very hard for Tesla to make these at scale. And this may be a way for Tesla to keep the production issues as they scale up to a minimum Like they can, it might be a control thing for them rather than run willy nilly over three sites. They could have two really good sites here in the United States and those teams could easily communicate with one another because the time zone in Texas and the time zone in California is not that far apart. And it's easier to fly to Texas and fly back to California than it is to fly to Germany. So this might be one of those things where as they work through this issue, Um, they've decided, you know what, it's better to just have two of these plants up and running than, than three and just kind of haphazardly shooting battery cells out that aren't working. So I don't know, maybe, what do you think? Tell me what you think, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. If you think I'm crazy, let me know. I feel like I'm rambling a lot tonight. So, um, just kind of in that kind of a mood, Let's talk about FSD beta 11.3. It is so close to being released to the masses. It hasn't yet, only to Tesla employees. We talked about that last week. Uh, but we have some information as it relates to the release notes. Not a Tesla app got their hands on. It's not a Tesla app.com. Got their hands on the beta 11.3 release notes. The release notes are long. I'm just going to read you the bits that I found interesting. Enabling full self-driving on the highway, this unifies the vision and planning stack on and off highway and replaces the legacy highway stack, which is over four years old. This is something that Tesla has been talking about for a really long time, merging those stacks. The legacy highway stack still relies on several single camera and single frame networks that was set up to handle simple, lane specific maneuvers FSD beta's multi camera video networks and next gen planner that allows for more complex agent interactions with less reliance on lanes making way for adding more intelligent behaviors smoother control and better decision making i think we're all for that that sounds great They also added, uh, voice driver's notes. So after an intervention, you can now send Tesla an anonymous voice message describing your experience to help improve autopilot. Uh, I think you could already do this, but I think they just made it easier. Expanded automatic emergency braking. So this is if somebody breaks in front of you or crosses into your path, um, this includes cases where other vehicles run their red light or turn across the vehicle's path stealing the right away replay of previous collisions of this type would suggest that 49% of these events would have excuse me 49% of these events would be mitigated under this new driving behavior so that's good that's a that's a positive improved autopilot reaction time to red light runners and stop sign runners by 500 milliseconds which uh, doesn't seem like a lot, but when accidents happen, 500 milliseconds can be significant. Uh, Let's see. Improved lane changes, including earlier detection and handling for simultaneous lane changes, better gap selection when approaching deadlines, better integration between speed-based and nav-based lane changes, uh, and more differentiation between FSD driving profiles with respect to speed lane changes. So I'm guessing if one of you, if so the two people driving the vehicle, one person likes to do it aggressive and the other person is uh, more cautious about the lane change, I'm guessing that's what that means. Um, yeah, overall, exciting. I'm excited to see if this is something that... Uh, has great improvements sierra and brad are in town and i'm kind of hoping that the update comes while they're still in town sierra was over at the house yesterday and we we just checked it just for fun because their car connects to our wi-fi it wasn't there but yeah hopefully it comes out and we can test it and get back to you all right (laughs) it's kind of a funny story. Someone took a picture of what looks like the result of a Model 3 and a Volkswagen Golf. They shared a night of passion at a co-worker's weekday wedding, and the result was a camouflaged vehicle that looks like a Model 3 in the front and the Volkswagen Golf in the back. This could be the $25,000 Tesla that everybody wants, But who knows? The picture was taken in China. So if it is that vehicle, it may never see the U.S. Um, Maybe as a coincidence, that Tesla Engineering HQ event that I talked about where they made Palo Alto their headquarters, there appears to be what looks like the result of a night of passion between a Model 3 and a Volkswagen Golf sketch in that announcement. So, I'm sure we will find out more on March 1st. All right, this is our last story, folks. One of Tesla's newest patents is for a ultra-hard steel alloy for the Cybertruck. Now, if you remember the Cybertruck has an exoskeleton, so it makes sense that they need ultra-hard steel. So here's what the patent says. Cybertruck is built with an exterior shell shell made for ultimate durability and passenger protection, starting with a nearly impenetrable exoskeleton. Every component is designed for superior strength and endurance from ultra hard 30 time cold rolled stainless steel, maybe it's 30X cold rolled stainless steel structured skin to the Tesla armor glass. Now I was gonna read the other part of the patent, but it's it, it sounded like lawyer ease, so I'm not going to subject you to that. I'm just gonna say, like we've said so many times before, I hope we hear more about this on March first. Alright, everybody, that is it for our show today. Uh hopefully with this new computer, once I get everything moved over, I will not uh I will be less late, less often. Fingers crossed. Uh, if you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. And yeah, the next time we chat, we'll be talking about Investor Day. I'm really stoked about it. So that is it for me. I don't know how to say goodbye. Now I'm going to sing song, sing. I've had a weird weekend and uh, no alcohol. Just just a weird weekend. I feel weird in my head. I'll talk to you later, folks.